This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and we have a fantastic show in store for you today. What would you do if you woke up every morning feeling a sense of calm and peace and direction? If you had a career that you absolutely loved and were passionate about, relationships that nurtured you, financial stability, and good health? What would it be like if you felt confident in every room that you entered? Well, author Jolie Dawn is here today, and she's written a wonderful book called Empowered, Sexy, and Free, Discover Your Unique Brilliance, and Dare to Be the Creatrix of Your Life. We also have back again on the program our Ask Ellen segment with lawyer, writer, and journalist Ellen Chakoff. And we will be talking about coping mechanisms in chaotic and troubling times. Finally, closing out the show, we have musical theater performer Rebecca Kodis, who you'll remember is one of the finalists in the CBC television show Search for Dorothy with Andrew Lloyd Webber. But first, let me tell you more about Jolie Dawn's book, Empowered, Sexy, and Free. In the book, she helps readers recognize and realize the energetic baggage that is weighing them down from difficult family dynamics to relationship challenges in work and in life. She shares her personal stories of addiction, family trauma, internalized sexual abuse, debilitating self-doubt, and fear that anyone who has ever felt less than or out of control, which is all of us, can completely relate to. She gives her readers in this book practical tools that come from her own lived experience of successfully transforming her life from the inside out. Her book empowers women to wake up each moment, imagine this, feeling peace, a sense of direction, an absolute joy of being alive, and to leave behind the world of comparison and jealousy and competition and dare to be an individual, radiating their inner light and expanding the heart of every human that is a witness to their divine feminine essence. Sounds pretty good to me. Jolie Dawn is not only the author of this beautiful book, Empowered, Sexy, and Free, but she's also the creator of the Dare to Prosper Challenge, the largest women's prosperity meditation gathering online attended by women in more than 50 countries. She's also an intuitive business coach and a writer. She is the founder of Prosperity Queendom, Inc., an online business training platform for spiritual entrepreneurs. And I just found this out that she currently lives in Hawaii. Wow. And that's where she's coming to us from today. Jolie Dawn, welcome to Finding Your Bliss and congratulations on your beautiful new book. Thank you. Thank you, Judy, for having me. Beautiful intro. What inspired you to write this book? There's a lot in this. There's a lot of suggestions and it's like a workbook. You can use it. It's not just a book that you read and you put away. You want it on your nightside table to use it. What inspired Mm -hmm. you to write this beautiful book? 
Like you, Judy, I've been interested in living a life that feels blissful, that feels peaceful, that feels like a place and a world that I want to live in. And in order to get there to the highest highs and to my joy and to my lightness, I had to tell the truth about how much heaviness was in my body and how much my past was withholding the joy of my future. And I had a very interesting start to my young years as a 20-year-old entering the world, that adulthood initiation going into college. And my father made the very permanent decision when I was 20 years old of suicide. And Mm -hmm. it was devastating and traumatic. And it was during the time that the 2008 economic collapse was happening in America. And it was over money. And he leaves the planet and my mom also, I say she also left that day because her spirit never recovered. She slipped into a very deep depression where she was for nine years until her death in 2019. Mm. So my two people in my life that I looked up to so much, they were my role models. They were my life coaches the first 18 years of my life. Both chose not to be here. My dad physically chose not to be here. And my mom, I watched her spirit leave and it really taught me about the choice of true living to be here, to be engaged, to really have a full participation and a full choice in this life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you even say that, and I love when you talk about when you look back at yourself as a zero to seven-year-old or as a seven to 14-year-old or a 14 to 21-year-old. And I love the questions that you ask yourself at the end of that whole section where you talk about those early formative years about why did I come here? What am I here to do? What am I here to experience? Who am I here to be in service to? Which really resonated with me. Who are the key players in the game and how do I heal? But one of my favorites is in in order to ascend, where do I find my power? Because that is brilliant because it's true. We have to go back and heal the zero to seven-year-old and the seven to 14-year-old. That's where it all begins. How do we begin to do that? (laughs) Such a beautiful question. It's uh, the first step for me is always awareness. Aware that at ages zero to seven, when I was developing my physiology, I was the nervous system of my mother. And everything around me. I was a sponge too. I was soaking in my reality. So the first awareness is, hey, is there an inner child in me that's asking for nurturing, that's asking for attention? Chances are the inner teenager or the inner child or the inner adolescence is the one that needs the most love, care, and attention and is the one that robs us of our maturity and our adulthood. They're the one that's feeling insecure and unsafe and angry. And if we're willing to go back to those formative emotions and formative times, there's so much freedom available to us. Absolutely. So true. What does a person who's achieved this look like, who's gone back and done the work? And do you say that this work should be done with a therapist or with you, for instance, as a transformative life coach? Or how does the person go back and heal those parts of themselves first? And then what does it look like when you've done it? 
I love this, the in, entire industry of the healing arts of therapists, psychotherapists, and there's just so many modalities out right now, EMDR and trauma release exercise and somatic healing. And there's so many incredible light workers who have chosen the path of healing. And so I am all about this phrase when the student's ready, the teacher appears. So you may find your mentors in Reiki or body work, somatic healing or talk therapy and I guarantee you that when you start asking questions and start inviting healing into your life, you will find the path that suits you. Mine is very diverse between coaches, healers, energy healing, sitting at the feet of enlightened master gurus to pray and touch that vibration of the divine. It's years and years and years of so many different types of people and support and mentorship that supported me on this path. And to answer the question around what does it look like? You know, it's never going to be perfect. I look at this life that I live now. I manifested a property of my dreams. I live on five acres of the most beautiful, lush Hawaiian land on the island of Kauai at the top of the island chain. And just this beautiful, exquisite life that I'm living in. It's not always perfect. I have my triggers too. I have things come up. The difference that I what I have access to now that I didn't in my earlier years is I have practices and tools. I get to actually name my emotions and be slow and gentle with myself. And if something comes up that rattles me, I have my journaling practice. I have my spiritual Mm. practice. I have cards that I can pull. I have meditation. I have so many things that I know how to move through something and not bypass, but truly feel so I can move past I love, I want to go back to the journaling because that began for you when you were in Mexico after a pretty rough breakup with someone who was, I think you're Barbie and Ken, you were in this wonderful relationship. Everybody sort of noticed you and, and it was all wonderful. And you were very shocked by this breakup and you went and then found some girls and this is what girls need not to do, right? Is And you're teaching women how not to do this. We're at a party and they were all partying together. You weren't invited and this was with your ex and this was very hurtful. And you saw this on Instagram. And I think around that time, and correct me if I'm wrong, is when you started journaling. And what I love about your journaling and your suggestions to the readers of this book is not just, okay, journal, free flow it, which is hard for some people, but you give people actual tips and prompts and suggestions of how to get into the journaling. And I love them. You just, you just want to do it. They're so evocative. So can you tell us a little more about the journaling and some of those 10 wonderful ways that you have of getting people to do it? Yes, there's something so special, Judy, about pen to paper and being able to process your thoughts and having a connection to your inner world. And I picked up this practice in a time when I just felt so broken. I felt so broken on every level. I felt so left out. This breakup rocked me. So oftentimes we have these big spiritual initiations through breakups and these big types of transitions. And I just felt so lost. And the future that I thought that I had with my fiance changed in an instant. And it was very surprising. And I remember asking myself this question. I'm like, I don't have the money right now to afford a life coach. But if I were my own life coach or my own therapist, like, what would I tell myself right now? I would tell myself, Jolie, you're beautiful. You have the rest of your life ahead of you. You're 25 years old. You're just getting started. You are so 
young. You have so much going for you. You have so much success in your field. Yes. You get to relax and just take this one day at a time. And so I activated this great wisdom within me, this great self-coach within me because I could coach myself and I could talk to myself. And it was a place that I turned to. And in this book, Empowered, Sexy, and Free, I wrote my favorite ways to journal and how I channel in my journal. And I, it is a devotional practice that I've kept ever since. And I fill up big journals and it's a daily thing for me because it's so effective and it's mm. such a great way to instantaneously connect to that wisdom and call upon a greater wisdom within me. There's wonderful things about gratitude and processing emotions and writing a love letter to your higher self. And one that also really resonated with me, which was writing a wish list for the universe. Can you just tell us about that one? My favorite thing is to go back through my journals and write check marks and check things off that have actually come into my life. And one of the most challenging things on this island of Kauai is finding housing. It's extremely limited. And I just kept feeling the land. And by the law of assumption, it teaches us to assume the energy of the wish fulfilled as a maintained state, as a practice, not as an isolated incident, but to feel it. So I spent months feeling myself on Hawaiian land. I said, like, please give me earth. I want fruit trees. I want sunshine. Like, I just knew that I was. <laughs> Wow. And I get to go back to my journal and be like five acres of land in this estate that I'm living in right now with some of my best friends in the world. It's just such a fun season of life. It's such a beautiful season of life. And ask and you shall receive. It's one of the old adages of, of time to be clear about what you want and to know and trust that the universe has your desires in mind, that you are one with creator and the designers, that you're desires matter, that they are recognized, that they are honored and to be bold enough and brave enough to ask for what you want and to be willing to detach and let the solution and the outcome come to you. It sounds like you're a great manifester and that you figured out the secret to manifesting. What is manifesting exactly and how can we turn on our manifesting superpowers as you call them? Mm. Manifesting for me is to recognize that there's a greater intention in this human life. There's a reason why we're in this body at this time in history with this, these particular soul contracts and what we have around us, the resources we have around us. And manifesting to me is the ability to go into the field of creation, something that is in a dream and imagination, something that's in our heads, in the in the non-physical realm and to become effective and consistent at being able to call those things into your 3D reality, whether that is money, love, relationships, those things that we desire in our life. And it starts, I would say, if I could summarize this down into one way of being, which is the foundation of manifestation is to know that you're worthy of having it all worthy of receiving love, worthy of receiving abundance, because we can ask for these things all day, but unless we find ourselves worthy to actually receive them, we're sending mixed messages to the universe. Right, right. Do you think it helps even the way you ask the universe? If you say, I'm in Hawaii right now, the sun is shining, as opposed to, I hope that one day I will end up in Hawaii because the universe will hear that and mm -hmm. will respond in kind keeping you forever in a state of hoping. But if you actually say, I'm there, I see myself there. I, I imagine the lua, I imagine the, you know, I imagine the, the lei that I'm wearing around my neck and the beautiful, I don't know, uh, outfit that I'm wearing, whatever it is, the wonderful sarong. 
Uh, do you think that helps it, your language or is it even more than language? Mm-hmm. Well, it comes down to everything is energy. Everything in this physical reality, everything we know is frequency and energy. And when we can maximize the desire in our body as a felt sense. So I feel the sun on my skin. I feel myself as just so sure that this is in my path. I trust my ability to create this for myself. And the way, yeah, exactly. So the language around like, I hope, or it would be nice someday, maybe in the future to <laughs> practicing this embodied sense right now. And so if you're calling in love, I'm practicing like refeel- feeling and receiving that touch and receiving somebody caring for me and being proactive with my needs and to be able to receive the having of the thing before it comes in with full and complete trust. That's so fantastic. You know, these are all wonderful things, but we get stuck. And you even say in a perfect world, there's never a perfect world. And as we know, unfortunately, in the world right now, we all have emotional triggers. Can you tell us a little more about soul contracts and what you mean by that? Soul contracts. Thank you for asking this question. I feel like it gives us so much context into the relationships of our lives and understanding the relationships in our lives. And so what I believe is that before we take human form and come down to this physical reality we call the human experience, that there's a very particular reason for coming. There's a reason why we would transcend from soul level spirit form to being here in this dense 3D reality. Sometimes we feel crazier than other days. Why am I here? Wow, this is hard. Wow, this challenges me. And and what is the greater purpose of all of this? Why this body? Why this time? So soul contracts is, is my belief system around everything. Every single key player is put on your path for you to experience something in particular that we have karma with particular people, especially mom, dad, or caretakers, the people that raised us in this world are our greatest teachers, oftentimes the greatest source of our triggers and includes siblings and lovers and spouses and partners is these people come into your path to be the the perfect mirror for you to learn yourself and for you to learn about this life. I love that you mentioned purpose because this show is really all about, as you mentioned off the top, it's all about finding your purpose. So I love that you delve into people finding their purpose. How can we manifest our purpose in life if we don't know what it is? Mm. And to the listener, I would say you can't mess this up. To live an inspired life, a life of bliss and a life of joy means that you prioritize feeling that way in your life and moving from a state of service and contribution and what am I capable of? What are my gifts? If you if you come at it with that curiosity and not this pressure of like, I have this big thing to do, which is find my purpose, but instead be just so curious, like how much can I enjoy, enjoy this life while I'm here? I know it's all so very temporary. It'll be over before I know it. One day I'll look down at my hands and I'll be an old woman and I'll think to myself like, wow, that, that was my life. I know for sure that's an experience that I'll have sooner than later. And the way that I look at it is my purpose of being here is to live fully, to enjoy this life, to give my love however I can, to be of service. We all know that one of the great components of human happiness is to be a contribution and to be of service. You say in the book that we all leave a legacy. Is that your legacy that you would love to leave is doing exactly what you've just described? If I could summarize the legacy I desire to leave here on planet Earth, it's my love. How many people can I love? And give my love to while I'm in this body. Ah, 
I love that. I think that's such a beautiful way of looking at the world. What is bliss for Jolie, Don? Mm, bliss is staying present to life receiving all of the beauty, not going to sleep on this human experience, but staying awake, staying present to it and being an active creator in this, in this human experience. Are you still a transformational coach? Are you still coaching people? I'm still coaching. Yes. I think they're very lucky. And can I just ask you briefly about your meditation that's in 50 countries, the online, just tell us briefly about that. Yes, I started training and studying with hypnosis about eight years ago because I wanted to have a quicker effect on people's psyche. And if I could get into the unconscious mind and kind of pull some cords and rework some energy, I could see lasting change quicker. So the Dare to Prosper Challenge is a hypnosis meditation where we go into the psychic field and we heal. We heal the trauma with money because that was my story. Money equaled trauma. And I care so much about helping women in particular expand their prosperity awakening, awaken their prosperity consciousness and make real money in this lifetime because I believe that women in leadership have the heart to create big change on the planet. What would be your number one advice for women to offer women who want to manifest more prosperity and success in their lives? Mm. Comes down to your worthiness practice. How worthy do you feel of having it? Do you feel worthy of being able to do what you want when you want? Let's start there. The affirmations being, I am worthy to live in the home of my dreams. I am worthy of love. I am worthy to experience more than enough. I truly believe that's what it comes down to is your willingness to receive. That's so wonderful. I have to tell you, I, I love the book. You have great energy. And just really, this is just such, I almost want everyone who's listening to get two of these books, one for you and one for someone that you care about, that you love and uh, that is dear to you because what a beautiful, beautiful gift this book is. I want to thank you so much, Jolie Dawn, for being on the show today with your beautiful book, Empowered, Sexy, and Free, Discover Your Unique Brilliance and Dare to Be the Creatrix of Your Life. How can people get a copy of the book and what is the best way for people to connect with you and on social media? The book is on sale in two places, in Target.com and Amazon.com. I have all of my current offerings on my website at joliedon.com and I chronicle my whole life on Instagram. So if you think I'm interesting, you can follow me and my stories at joliedonxo on Instagram. I want to thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. It's really been delightful having you here. Thank you, Judy. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. And we're going to be with Ellen Chakoff for our Ask Ellen segment. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We 
We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And I'm joined now by esteemed writer and lawyer, Ellen Chakoff. Ellen is on the show today again for the Ask Ellen segment because I always go to Ellen for advice. She is my go-to person for advice on everything. And I wanted to talk to her today about how to cope with the devastating attack on Ukraine and what to do when you're feeling helpless as we all are and you just want to do something. Ellen divides her time between Toronto and New York with her husband, David, and is the mother of three sons. A lawyer by training, she now spends time volunteering in the community and writing. And writing quite beautifully, I might add. Ellen, welcome back to Finding Your Bliss. Thanks so much for having me, Judy. It's a pleasure. Ellen, I'm so happy to have you on again for another Ask Ellen segment. And I think you know what I want to talk about, which is really what's going on in Ukraine. And I think for kids and really for people of all ages, we need to know how to help people cope with these troubling and chaotic times. What are some of your coping suggestions? This is really huge. It it really is. And and it's so interesting. Last time I was on your show, Judy, we talked a lot about COVID and how to cope with the uncertainty then. And there's certainly a lot of parallels to this situation today. Um, The situation in Ukraine is frightening and we're sort of besieged by media images that are really upsetting and devastating, certainly for everyone. So I don't profess to be an expert on how everyone should cope, but I know what's sort of working for me. And one of the best things that I can do is sort of ration my news consumption. Uh, Just as we did with COVID, you know, you could spend all of your time watching, listening, and just spinning out of control. So I think it's important to know what's going on in the world. And there is a terrible crisis going on, but I think it's important to ration yourself. Uh, not have your phone on all the time, not constantly tuning into whatever news outlets, CNN, MSNBC, whatever you want to watch, doing it in moderation. Increments. I so agree with that. That's such excellent advice. I mean, there's also some positive images that we see that I think help you cope better. Things like the photograph of a train station in Poland where some mothers left strollers for Ukrainian refugees and images like this just make you cry and realize that there is so much good in the world. And most of us all over the world just want to do good. And I was talking to you before the show, actually, in the virtual green room about how this is really causing a massive humanitarian crisis. Do you think that maybe the humanitarian efforts of people all over the world can help turn things around in these devastating times? hundred percent. I mean, it's important to look at the crisis, not just through the lens of tragedy, but also through a lens of hopefulness and gratitude. Um, we have seen the world mobilize to assist the people of Ukraine. Never before has the Western world come together to affect change or to try to affect change. So I think we have to focus on that. The sanctions... The United States has tried to mobilize a coalition. It's it's incredible that it came together so quickly. So I think there is a lot of positivity to focus on and not just the negativity, which you've taught me over the years, Judy. It's important. <laughs> We're a good team. You can be the reality and I give you the, uh, the rose-colored glasses view. A lot of us feel helpless. You know, I know this is something we've talked about as well. 
what are some concrete things that we can do to help and feel like we're not just watching from the sidelines in horror? Sure. I mean, not not many of us can sort of pick up and go to Poland and help the refugees trying to stream across the border from Ukraine into Poland. It's unrealistic. But what we can do is try to make a small effort. And in some cases, that could be donating to an organization that's been around for 100 years doing amazing humanitarian work like the Canadian Red Cross. I think it was just announced that Canada will match dollar for dollar up to $10 million, every donation made by Canadians. So that is a wonderful apolitical organization that's doing great humanitarian work, and they have a big push to raise money to help Ukrainian people. Wow, I love that. And we're going to and actually stay tuned for the end of the show because we're going to give you all of that information, the exact numbers to call and the links to follow to donate to an organization like the Red Cross, which I agree is is the perfect place. I talked about on the show last week how there can be no bliss without peace. What are your hopes for how all of this will be resolved? And I think asking about bliss right now, asking you about bliss right now, wouldn't be appropriate unless we can achieve peace. So I guess the question is, what are your hopes with regards to achieving peace and hence bliss again? As I said, I think it's not going to be over in a day or a week or even a month necessarily. But I think the incremental steps that everyone is taking around the world to put pressure on Russia to pull back, I think will eventually come to fruition. I think those efforts will achieve something. And I think the amazing images we're seeing from the Ukrainian people are really, they're heartwarming and inspiring. So I choose to take inspiration from that. But just like COVID, you know, we could have focused on all the terrible numbers, but it, in retrospect, it helped to focus on the fact that we had a vaccine in record time. So instead of just focusing on the negative, I think it's important to focus on the positive. And just as this crisis is so scary, the efforts, people all around the world and certainly within Ukraine are absolutely inspirational. I love that. Ellen, you always make me feel better. The Ask Ellen segment always, I think, makes a lot of us feel better. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. It's just always wonderful to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss when we come back. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined now by musical theater performer Rebecca Cotis. So Rebecca was born in Toronto, and she always knew that she wanted to end up in New York City. She actually sang before she could talk and always had a flair for the dramatic, as she says, just ask her parents. And some career highlights so far have included being part of the very prestigious top 20 list of CBC's Over the Rainbow and hosting and performing in her own cabarets in Toronto, including a concert with Tony and Oscar-winning composers Pasek and Paul. Of course, you know them from Dear Evan Hansen and the movie La La Land and much more. When she's not performing, you can find Rebecca snuggling up with her dog, Ozzy, or dedicating herself to causes that are important to her. A recent graduate of the William Esper Acting Studio, Rebecca is excited to see where her journey takes her next. Rebecca, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thanks so much, Judy. I'm happy to be here. I have to go back to that marvelous CBC series, uh, <laughs> which of course was with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, how cool yeah, is the that? The one and only. The one and only. And you were part of that. And I actually remember you in that. And I was rooting for oh you to gosh. win. And, and <laughs> but even making it as far as you did out of thousands and thousands of people was quite a feat in itself. What are your memories? of doing that production. I'm going to start with that, just that whole experience. Yeah. Oh, it was at at the same time a blur. And also I remember every moment, you know, I was 16 and I always loved movie musicals, always movies and musicals together. What could be better? Wow. So the wizard of Oz was always a favorite of mine. And I heard that CBC and Mervish and Sir and Joy Webber, they were, they were bringing this show that they had done successfully in the UK and they were bringing it to Canada. And I was just the right age. The youngest you could be was 16. And when I read about it, I had just turned 16. Wow. So I told my parents, my dad took me, we got the perfect blue dress. I borrowed <laughs> my cardigan and sparkly flats from my friend Haley Goldenberg <laughs> and got in line bright and early at CBC studios. And wow. I, I don't know, I, I had hope of course, but there were so many girls and I remember I was one of the first ones to go in and I sang for the casting director and they said, we think you can be Dorothy. And I, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm not even processing what they said. I'm, I'm like, I'm, is this a mistake? Is it, are you like really, really, but also conscious that there's a camera and there's a crew and I'm, this is my first time in front of all these things. And <laughs> I, I just kind of freaked out. They passed me a golden ticket, which I still have in my bedroom in Toronto and I spent the rest of the day just kind of sitting in shock in the studios, waiting for the rest of the top hundred to be picked. Um, Cause Toronto was the last stop. My ballet teacher came and took over for my dad who had to go to work because he oh. didn't know, you know, he was like, this is nice and everything, but <laughs> I got real stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, he's really supportive. But yeah, that first day was crazy. And then fortunately, the top 100 uh, were all then asked to come to Toronto. And since I lived there already, I didn't have to go very far. <laughs> and that day was long. That was probably like a 15, 16 hour day. 
it's hard to watch uh, reality competition shows now without thinking about how many times they filmed the people enter and exit a room or <laughs> yes. how many times they shot the reaction of the finalists being told. <laughs> but it was wild. It was a beautiful experience, hard and disappointing, obviously, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. What was it like meeting Andrew Lloyd Webber? Like, he's a pretty iconic guy. What was he that is. like? And that day in itself was just huge. They flew us down to Barbados. I think I think the plan might have been London, but at that, that was the Olympics in London were at that time. So they flew us to, I'm not complaining. It was winter. <laughs> or no, it wasn't. It was, it was summer, but still, I'm not complaining. Barbados. So they, from the airport, they take us to his beautiful home where we're met with hair, makeup, clothes that have been flown in from Toronto. And all the, all of the same day as the flight, we're then told, go stand outside and you're going to meet him. And, you know, in your head, you're like preparing yourself and you're like, this is going to be cool. And then you see him and it's like just so many things rushing through my head at one end. I'm like, oh my God, Evita, Katz, Joseph. I was Joseph in grade four. This is fate. Um, and then on the other hand, you're like, oh my God, it's just a person. Yeah. It's a person. And he's interacting with us who are also just people. And so it was also kind of a grounding moment of, well, yes, he's this award-winning, legendary man. We're all sharing the same space together right now. And we're all here for the same purpose. And it was oddly grounding in that moment that I expected to just kind of be up in the air, yes. if that makes sense. We actually have a clip of what happened that day. And I'd love our listeners oh, just to hear <laughs> and get a little bit of the vibe. Let's roll that clip. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber is back and he's on a mission. Where are you, Dorothy? The most powerful man in musical theater wants you to cast the lead role in his new production of The Wizard of Oz. Last time, he asked you for a Maria, and you gave him a star. This time, he needs you to find a legend. I think it could be Dorothy. No! Thousands of would-be Dorothys from across the country are vying for the part. Tonight, they contend for a spot in our top ten. The person standing next to you is your competition. There will be tears, tension, no! and triumph. Survival of the fittest. We're talking about a girl who's got to hold an audience in the palm of her hand. The celebrated Ed Mervish Theatre awaits. The yellow brick road to stardom starts now. The role of Dorothy will change somebody's life. Oh my God. Like I get the shivers like, and, and <laughs> it's like, you know, and reality TV's come a long way. So this was one of the first forays I think yeah. into reality television. And, and that was like, I just remember being thrilled and you still feel it today. You actually, we have a clip actually of you singing for Andrew Lloyd Webber. We had a little snippet of it. Oh gosh. Yeah. What was it like? Cause I remember seeing the, the lolling green countryside, like it looks like it could be Ireland. It was so beautiful. And there you were and you're singing for Andrew. Just tell us just briefly what that was like as you were singing the song. Were you terrified? I was terrified. I mean, I spoke a second ago about being so grounded. We're just people. And then it was my turn to sing. And I was like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm standing in front of one of musical theater's giants. 
singing, I can't make you love me, which, you know, ended up being a little more appropriate than I would have liked. But uh, it it was a wild moment. I I was an out of body experience for sure. Let's roll that clip. Oh my God, so gorgeous. I love your voice. I absolutely love your voice. That's so kind of you to say. Our our listeners are going to get to hear you actually singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is just so beautiful the way you do it. Your rendition is stunning. And you're going to hear that soon, everyone. But I just wanted to say, I've interviewed a lot of musical theater artists on this show, people like Cynthia Dale and Shalina Kennedy and yesterday, uh, Kelly Holliff and Charlotte Moore. She's wonderful. Oh, she's so great. Uh, Darren Baker, Gabby Epstein, Charlotte Moore. And just to name a few, and they all talk about the moment that they knew this is what they wanted to do for the rest of their lives. What was that moment for you? And what do you love the most about being a musical theater artist? Uh, um, ooh, the moment. I always, you know, my parents needed an outlet for all of this energy, all of this creative energy. And they got me into musical theater at uh, USDS, now RHA in Toronto. And as you are familiar with <laughs> yes. and getting, you know, it's not a perfect, it's as close to a professional production as definitely I'd ever been a part of. And it felt really, really, really big. And yes. stepping out in, on that stage as Joseph in Joseph, thank God <laughs> that the boys were not as interested in musical theater at USDS. <laughs> I, I was like, I, you know, I was only grade four, but I was like, this is, this is it this is it. Yeah. This is everything. Yes. And then getting to New York and seeing people doing it as their job for their, for their livelihood. Yes. What could be better? What could be better? Truly, what could be better? Absolutely. You get to, the best thing about musical theater, the best thing about stage work in general is just that moment, that relationship you have with the audience and the people up on stage because it'll never be the same again. It's, it's the same show, but the next day, you could have the same audience, exact same audience, same seat, same cast. It won't be the same. And how wild is that? How exciting, how terrifying. And there's nothing like it. Well, I so understand it. And I and I hear your passion. And that's what this show is all about. It's about bliss. And when you're passionate about it and you marry that with talent, it's, it's a surefire winner every time. Uh, <laughs> You produced a concert in 2014 with Tony and Oscar-winning Pasek and Paul. We talked off the top, Dear Evan Hansen. And of course, they did La La Land. They did Dear Evan Hansen. What was it like working with them? Just briefly, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, they were the kindest, sweetest, most generous people. My my bubby passed away that year, and I I was very, very close with her. And I thought, I'm, I, need, I need to do something. I need to do something big, something that I've always wanted to do. I need both to distract myself, to make her proud, all of the reasons. And I had worked with them that summer in a one-day workshop in Windsor, Ontario. And then they kindly agreed to come down to Toronto and just getting to learn from them, sing their songs and listen to what they had to say about the process of writing them, what they intended, how and seeing them watch us and see new interpretations of their work and they were still curious you know they were these you know they hadn't won their oscars yet but they were still pretty renowned in the community and for them to still be curious and interested to what we a bunch of toronto actors had to bring to their work was just really lovely to know that people like that exist in this industry because you hear the horror stories but 
it was really an eye-opening in a good way experience of what the possibilities were. It's so exciting. You also attended an incredible performing arts summer intensive, the Performing Arts Project, which you did for five summers where you met these wonderful performers and became friends with all these people. It must have been so electrifying to do that. What is your best memory of that whole experience? Oh, God. It's the most incredible program. I highly recommend it to anyone between the age, the high school, college age. They're expanding the age range. It's absolutely life-changing. But I think Rather than a memory, I think just the, my my best friends and greatest collaborators are from there. Um, the person who did my um, the person who did my um, cabaret was from there. I, I sang in a concert with Gavin Creel, my friend Isaac, who's now a Broadway TV star. My best friend, like it's just wow. the people, the friends that I made. You've actually done so much work. I was loving reading and doing the research about you that you also produced and starred in two cabarets in Toronto with Broadway music director Madeline Smith. And I, you also trained at the William Esper Studio in New York in a two-year full-time Meisner acting program. Uh, <laughs> just tell us briefly about what that technique is all about and what you learned from that whole time in your life. Yeah, uh, the Meisner technique is all about honesty and living in the moment and being present. And Bill Esper adapted that slightly. And then who sadly passed away in my, while I was still studying, he wasn't my teacher, but his impact was greatly felt. Um, it's his studio. And I had an incredible, incredible acting teacher, Jennifer Monaco changed my life, changed the way that I approach acting, the way that I approach life in general, because we spent an entire first year just focusing on what matters to us, who we are, both consciously and mostly unconsciously. And then knowing what matters to us, then we could consciously be aware of how that differs from any character that we approach, what we have to adjust, what we have to daydream on to make it real to us. It's not about delving into past traumas or making something up out of the blue that means nothing. It's about looking into what matters to us, looking at a character and saying, who is this version of me? Yes, that's so true. And making it, making it authentic and real and your own yeah. and bringing it, having it spring to life. You're also a very conscious artist. I love that you use that word because in 2015, you were also selected to be part of ASTEP, which is Artists Striving to End Poverty. And this is a way to combine art and activism, which is, I think, very near and dear to your heart. And I think whenever you can get your activist side involved in your creative process, it becomes even more impactful for you. Yeah. What is your dream as a musical theater artist? As a musical theater artist and as an artist in general, I, I want to be a part of projects that amplify voices that are generally not listened to. You know, I exist in two very specific places. I'm on one hand, very privileged in my identity. And there are other parts of my identity that are underrepresented. And I want to use the parts of my privilege to amplify stories that haven't been told, but should be told. I want to represent communities. Like I'm a, I'm a proud plus size person and rarely do we get to see plus size characters exist in the world. Um, unless we're solely focusing on their weight, like hairspray or shallow how those kind of stories. I just want to see, you know, like, where's the fat alphabet, you know, <laughs> I'd love to see that. 
I want to also tell our listeners that she's beautiful, this girl, Rebecca Cotis. So I'm just going to, I'm going <laughs> to add you. that just because you're not seeing her. I want to want you to see that. And anyway, without further ado, I want to share where it all started. Your rendition of the classic song that you really do so beautifully. And that is Summer Over the Rainbow. Let's roll that clip. Rebecca, that was so beautiful. I really love your voice. Thank you so much. Your voice is gorgeous. So kind of you to say. It's true. What is bliss for Rebecca Cotis? Bliss. Bliss for me right now 
is cuddling up with my dog and watching who's behind me. He's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Bliss for me is cuddling up with my dog and listening to my favorite Broadway soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Did I just say soundtrack? The Broadway community is going to murder me. Broadway cast recording with a good hot chocolate. That's me right now. That's my bliss. What What is your favorite Broadway cast recording? I love I love falsettos and I love company, but I would love. I really want the new company cast to record because that I would love to have. Love that. I love. That. But those are my those are my two favorites that I always go back to. Oh. So fantastic. What is the best way for people to contact you, Rebecca, and to connect with you on social media? Yeah, um, on Twitter and Instagram, it's just my name, Rebecca Codis. Felt like I'm a musical coda with an S because <laughs> I just <laughs> never end. Um, that's a little musical joke for there for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, I'm working on a website, but you can hear about that if you follow me on social media at Rebecca Codis. That's fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being here today, Rebecca. It was so delightful to have you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Each week we spotlight a singer-songwriter on the show, a musician. If you are a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. If you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you out in any way, let me know. You can also reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. And I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search up Judy Liebrack. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank all of our guests for being on the show today. A big thank you to Jolie Dawn, Ellen Chakoff, and Rebecca Kodas as well. Thank you to Meg Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, Associate Producer Shelley Koskinen, Editorial Assistant Lauren Kaminsky, Intern and Editor Beatrice Pardal, and Audio Producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. We're going to close out the show today with a short meditation. Begin by settling back. Get as comfortable as you can. Gently close your eyes and switch off all of the responses all over your body as your muscles begin to ease off further and further. Just take in a nice deep breath right in through your nose and let it go slowly and evenly. Let's try that again. Breathing in, holding it at the top and breathing out slowly on the exhale. And one more beautiful inhale right in, holding it. And letting it go in a nice, slow exhale. I want you to picture right now someone that you love, someone you are close to, or even someone you don't know that you are wishing well. Keep breathing. And as you breathe out, imagine sending out a beautiful beacon, a ray of light to your loved one, or even to a stranger, wishing them love, peace, and happiness. As you continue breathing, think the words, 
May you be happy. May you be free from suffering. May you have peace. Keep sending that loving energy to your loved one or to a stranger, wishing them peace, happiness, and freedom from suffering. Just send compassion to your loved ones, even to strangers who may be suffering right now. And finally, send that compassion back to yourself, that self-compassion. One more cleansing breath in through your nose. And as you exhale, wish peace and freedom from suffering for all human beings. Gently open your eyes, stretch, yawn, smile, wiggle your fingers and toes, and have a wonderful rest of the day. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.